Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss, your host. I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprints that put us on the path and the journeys of our lives. Some find purpose. Every story can help heal, inspire, educate. And my one word is to give hope. Today, my guest is April May May Sack. She has a story that is both heartbreaking and inspirational. April is a single mother of four from Arizona who has faced her own share of trials and tribulations. From a gunshot wound at the age of six, birthing her daughter at a month after her 12th birthday, to experiencing a rollover car accident with her daughter at 17. April is an advocate for blood donors and has been inspired by her own chronically transfused six-year-old Nathan, who has gone under 91 blood transfusions in such a short time in his life. Wow. She believes in hope and she's very compassionate and she believes in the power of kindness. Welcome, April. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. I learned of your story. Recently, I was able to go behind the scenes of the United Blood, well, formerly known as United Blood Services, but now called Vitalant. And I was looking for some stories for blood transfusion and your story came up and you don't have just one, you have multiple stories. So my story began, I thought was going to be, your story is going to begin with Nathan, but then you gave me more you were shot at the age of six? Yes, I was. Um, it was the day O.J. Simpson was driving his white Bronco down the freeway running from the police. And it was on national television. I remember, I remember that day. Yeah, a lot of people remember that day. And um, my dad was at work and my mother was a heavy drug user. And she took my sister and I into a walk-in closet. And I, I was only six years old at the time. And I remember sitting there watching her scramble for something. And she um, gets up in the top of the closet and brings my dad's 44 revolver down. And I remember sitting on the ground across from my little sister and she starts to load it. And I remember when she went to close it, the gun went off <sighs> and the bullet hit my left femoral artery. Before that, it, it's, it hit my hands, my left hand somehow hit my left femoral artery and came out my back. Um, my mother used to be a nurse before getting her license taken away. So um, my little sister said she remembers my mom tying a baby blanket around my leg as a tourniquet. And my little sister only being five years old called 911 and I was air back to Maricopa County Hospital. And my dad said the doctors told him that I was bleeding to death, that they didn't think I was going to live. Oh my God. But thanks to blood transfusions, I I was given several because I lost most of the body in my blood and I and I lived. And I have seven scars from one bullet. They took my greater saphenous out of my calf and replaced my femoral arteries. So I'm grateful that I have mobility and movement after being on this, you know, world for 32 years. I'm very grateful for that. Wow. And the blood I was given. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know where to begin with that one. I, I can't even imagine being six years old and having that happen. But you're here to talk about it. And this isn't the first transfusion you've had to deal with. Um, no, no, that was not the, the first blood transfusion. Um, I did have, I had a very traumatic childhood and I had 
some very horrific things happen to me as a child, which no child should ever experience. And a result of that, I became pregnant um, at the age of 11 due to being sexually assaulted. And I gave birth to my daughter a month after my 12th birthday. Oh, my goodness. Um, and that was a whole challenge in itself. And I kept her and I raised her. And to this day, she lives with me and she's going to college. Okay. And she does help me with my boys. And she's 20 years old today. And <gasps> she's beautiful and she's smart. And, I, wow. and I'm glad that I kept her and raised her as hard as it was. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's two. And you're not even of teen years yet to go through two tragedies. And wow. And I don't even know what to say. I am taken back by that because I'm trying to think in my mind where I was at those ages. Okay, so that's two. And then we had another transfusion and that was an accident that you and your daughter were in. Yeah, in, in January 7th of 2005, I was driving home with my daughter in the back seat and a Dodge dually truck ran a stop sign going 85 miles per hour. And we flipped our car five times. Um, it landed upside down and I was unconscious at the time, but witnesses said that the vehicles of the driver drug my daughter's body out of the car as well as mine and left us there in a cotton field for a passerby to find us and I perforated my liver and broke my pelvis and my collarbones and I remember waking up to my dad holding me and crying and asking me to stay awake because it was right down the street from his house. Um, I received several blood transfusions due to internal bleeding and I was in a coma and I had to learn how to walk again. I had to take a year off of school because I couldn't remember things. But I, again, I'm here today because another human being donated blood, you know, and I think about that all the time. And my daughter, she she did snap her femur in half and she got a little scar on her eyebrow, but I'm so grateful, you know, she wasn't hurt any more than that. She wasn't, and she didn't have to receive blood or anything like that. She was in a wheelchair for six months. And now she's, she's perfect. And I'm very grateful because there's people dying every day on I-10 or not car accidents. You know, it's, it's sad. People are, people they are, um, I don't know how you see things right now with this year being as crazy as it has been, whether it's uncertainty or fear. Um, I'm also experiencing people are just driving a lot more faster than they used to. And I'm not quite sure what that means or why. But after having um, learned of your story, I was just driving yesterday and I'm, you know, I'm doing my speed limit. Not always am I doing the speed limit as it's posted, but I'm not exceeding it where I've got people flying past me. And I think to myself, do we really have any idea the consequences should we get into an auto accident? Because there are more sharp edges on a vehicle than just a fall down. And there are people that are in rage and <laughs> probably for the dumbest reasons, but there's consequences. And you're a result of someone, 85 miles an hour, I can't figure out how you go 85 miles an hour. I'm assuming with a stop that um, you, the posted sign for speed probably would have been 35 to 40 
here, this person's. Yeah. Yeah. So that's double the speed. And I don't know if I should say whomever that those individuals were that drug your daughter and your body out of the car to say, thank you. I'm not really sure if that's even appropriate, but they weren't, they weren't taking complete responsibility and that is going to be on their minds for the rest of their lives. So however that falls, that's on them. But you're a testimony that you were here. So for my listeners, when we're in a rush because something happened to us in that morning or afternoon, we have to get somewhere. Please remember there's a consequence, not just that we're talking about blood transfusions, but we're talking about other people's lives. And I don't think anyone wants to have that on their minds that they actually injured someone or killed someone. Um, So slow down. Um, As far as the rest of your story, April, you... Did you finish school? You said you had to stop going to school. Did you go back to school? Yes, I I finished school. And um, while raising three kids, I got my associate's degree and my bachelor's degree from Northern Arizona State University. Wow. And and I remember um, when I gave birth to Nathan, I had my laptop because I was going to school online and a nurse (laughs) asked me what I was doing. And I was like, I'm trying to work on schoolwork because it started yesterday. And she's like, oh, wow, you just had a baby. I'm like, yeah, trying trying to get it done. Um, You know, whatever we can do for our babies. Agreed. Agreed. So now you graduated from high school early, right? Yeah, I graduated high school um, when I was 16 years old. I was able to go to night school, which was an alternative school because I did have my daughter very young and I did start working as soon as I turned 16 and I was given a scholarship, which I was very, very grateful for. And that kind of put me on the path that I want to do better. I want to do better than what I had. And I want to take care of my kids and give them the kind of opportunities in life that I didn't get to experience And that's the motivation that kept me going every single day, no matter how much hurt and pain that I carried with me, that pushed me through. Hope is what pushed me through. And I think that it takes a lot of courage to carry hope. It does. It's a four letter word, but it means so much, right? Right. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, because every person I speak to, you or a nonprofit organization in the communities that are throughout the United States that are making a difference, I'm changed by that four-letter word of giving hope. And you have given hope by just three of your four stories we've talked about. And I'm still trying to go in my head and say, how in the world? And you just kept persevering and you gave the best example of it all is you wanted to give better, be better. And I commend you for that. I really do. And that you keep moving forward. So good for you. You didn't let these actually say, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wallow in my, my sufferings of my mind or my, my past. I'm actually looking at, I've got a beautiful family, regardless if it's a, not ideal at the moment, but you're working on making it ideal for your personal goals because you have those kids that are looking up to you too. That's right. Yeah. So the fourth part of you is your son, Nathan. Tell us a little bit about Nathan. Um, So Nathan is six years old. He has undergone 91 blood transfusions in his short little life. He was born on August 24, 2014, a healthy eight and a half pound baby boy. And on January 7th, 2015, um, I took him to his pediatrician because I noticed his eating decreased. He looked very pale, almost as if he had jaundice. 
Um, I took him to his PCP and they called me that night and they said to rush him to Phoenix Children's Hospital because his hemoglobin was a four. Four. And his his heart could, your heart could stop anytime around that area. If it got any lower, his heart would have stopped. What should um, it be when you're saying it's four? Because I'm not familiar. So a normal range of a hemoglobin is about 11.5 to like 15.5. Oh, boy. Okay. So like if you were a four, you would probably be incapacitated. You would be like sleeping all the time, unable to eat just because you're not getting enough oxygen throughout your body. Your heart's not pumping enough. Um, so Nathan, at the time when he was hospitalized, they thought he had leukemia. They did a bone marrow aspiration. And I had a nurse come into my room and tell me, we think your son has um, leukemia. And that was a very, very scary thing. He received three blood transfusions in one week. We were released from the hospital on the ninth day with no diagnosis. He was having to receive blood transfusions every single week for the first couple of months. And then we got out to every two weeks. Um, and then it was monthly. The last several years, it's been monthly. Another thing that we found out when he was hospitalized that he had CMV. And CMV is something that you get when, if you get it while you're pregnant, it will cause deafness in your baby. Oh, wow. Um, it, it can be picked up in daycares, restaurants. But like if you and I were to get it, we wouldn't notice it. It wouldn't do anything to us. It wouldn't harm our bodies or anything like that. But if you get it while you're pregnant and it gets to the fetus, it causes deafness. And so I didn't know this at all. And they told us that Nathan had bilateral, moderate, permanent, progressive hearing loss as well. I've never heard of this either. Yeah. And, um, you know, so he was doing speech therapy and seeing an audiologist wearing hearing aids on top of these blood transfusions. It was so overwhelming. And then they started telling us about what these blood transfusions were doing to Nathan. And that was causing iron overload in the organs of his body. And it can cause his thyroid to stop working. His thyroid no longer works. So he'll be on a medication for the rest of his life for that. And it could cause liver disease, kidney failure, heart failure. It could affect his cognitive functioning in his brain. So in August of this last, this past August, he had a partial splendectomy because his spleen was in his pelvic cavity and they removed 85% of his spleen. And he was in the hospital at Phoenix Children's for about a week. And he has gone seven weeks now without needing a blood transfusion by the grace of God. And we're praying that maybe someday he won't need them, but he goes back on November 11th to see if he needs to have his 92nd blood transfusion. Wow. He's been through a lot too. Yeah. He's an amazing little boy. And, he calls it pokies. That's what he doesn't have a port or anything. He has to get poked every single time with a needle. So I, I hear a lot of adults say, oh, I can't I can't donate blood because I'm scared of needles. Right. And I just think about all those kids that I see at Phoenix Children's Hospital who are going there week after week or month after month and getting poked like pen cushions. Yep. And they are some of the most resilient, bravest 
kids I've ever seen. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Um, and he's a normal six-year-old. Yes. Oh, oh, about his hearing. I wanted to tell you um, when he was about two, he still couldn't talk really good because he had his hearing aids and he was doing the speech therapy. And I had taken him to this church in um, Coolidge, Arizona, and they sang and they prayed and they anointed him with oil and everyone cried. And it was just a really emotional, spiritual experience, I would say. Um, and six months later, Nathan was pulling his hearing aids out. He was crying and he started talking. What? And I told the doctor, I'm like, he can hear his hearing aids are way too loud. And so they do an ABR. They did a sound booth test. And the audiologist was like, he has like supersonic hearing. And I'm what? like, how did oh, his awesome. hearing come back? And they're like, they have no idea. I said, did you misdiagnose him? Like. And they're like, no, no, his hearing is perfectly normal. And every year they will check his hearing and his eyes just because he did have test positive for CMV when when they tested him when he was hospitalized. But I'm so grateful that my baby can hear and talk like a normal six-year-old now. A couple of testimonies from him being that he can hear, beating the odds of what was diagnosed, and then the blood transfusions. Now, you had mentioned that he will have to have blood transfusions for the rest of his life or the medication for the rest of his life or both? Both. 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 However, with this, with the partial splendectomy, we're seeing, he's in this gray area right now to see what his body's going to do. So we're kind of just waiting on Nathan's body to see what he's going to do because he has a genetic mutation and it's kind of hard to say it's dehydrated somatocytosis phenotype. It's a type of hemolytic anemia, meaning it's in his genetic makeup that his bone marrow makes an abnormal red blood cell. And then as it's flowing through the body, it's breaking apart because it's weak because oh, it's wow. not a normal red blood cell. So, so as, our, as he gets our, older, it's not, some, it's not something that can, can be strengthened as our bodies grow older? No. Oh, just because of the kind of mutation it is. But we're hoping now that his spleen isn't eating up some of those red blood cells. Maybe we can have, maybe he can go three months without needing blood or four months without needing blood. That's what we're hoping for. Because the less blood he gets, the less damage that iron overload is going to do to his organs. The medication he's on is helping, you know, he's on a thyroid medication. He's on aspirin to help with his, his platelets. He's on Jadenu, which chelates the iron out of the organs, where 10 or 15 years ago, if you were chronically transfused, your your life expectancy wasn't very long. Children, 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 children didn't um, usually live past the age of 12. And... I'm very grateful that we live in a time where there is doctors and there is medication and there's blood donors that can keep my son alive. Absolutely. I agree with you on the blood donors. I have been donating blood for a long period of time and I do it on my, what is it, every quarterly. And there was actually a time frame where I was not able to donate. One day I went in and I was like, oh, I want to donate blood. And they're like, you can't. I'm like, what do you mean I can't? I've been doing it for a long time. And they're like, um, you're actually anemic right now. And I was like, huh? 
So I learned more about the blood. I learned about my body, not realizing that what we consume is a big factor in being able to donate blood as well as how our body heals. So I definitely changed up my diet and I've never had to worry about doing donations uh, ever again. I actually will be doing my donation on the 17th of November um, because that's a special day for me. And so if I can give to help someone else have life, that's what it's all about. So anyone who's out there donating or has thought about it, here's a testimony of one lady, but three stories, how blood transfusions saved her life and her family's life. Um, Wow. That is so moving, April, um, because I didn't realize how much blood donating is important. And you just shared several things. Um, as far as your son goes, so he's not with hearing aids any longer? No, he's not. Oh, that's he's great. Not. He's just your your uh, rambunctious six-year-old, I'm assuming. He is rambunctious. <laughs> I mean, he, he does get tired a lot, oh. but you know, he's, I'm glad that he's able to voice that and let me know when he's not feeling well. And as he's gotten older, I think he's starting to understand more, you know, it's normal for him and he knows that blood makes him feel better. Hmm. Blood makes him feel better. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, before I forget, I want to let everyone know that um, United Blood Services is no longer United Blood Services. They actually changed their name in 2018. So if you are looking to do a blood drive, be a part of a blood drive or donate for individuals such as April, who her son Nathan is going to need it for the rest of his life, and there are other individuals out there that are in the same category, you can go to vitalent.com. Org, and that is V as in Victor, I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot org. Or you can call 877-25-VITAL, and that's V-I-T-A-L. Be a donor. Because of you, life continues to go on. I have one final question for you, April. What message would you like to leave our listeners based on either your walk of life, your journey with Nathan, or about life in general? I would like to say to anyone listening that if you are going through a hard time and you are very worried about the unknown, that you must keep hope and you must keep faith and you must have people in your corner that love and care about you and support you because people need people. We are human beings and we are meant to have community. And without community, people like myself and people like Nathan wouldn't be here unless it was for people donating their own blood to save a life like mine or save a life like Nathan's. And there's so many people And there's so many kids there at Phoenix Children's Hospital that need blood. And while we may not hear about it all the time, there's car accidents, there's tragedies every single day. And going down to donate blood is going to keep someone here, someone's daughter, someone's sister. And I'm grateful that I am here thanks to somebody that saved my life so I could raise the babies that I have today and be here for Nathan and make sure that he gets the things that he needs. So never stop, never stop hoping. 
and take it one day at a time. That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. And I believe that wholeheartedly. So again, based on April's message, go out there and donate. And if you can't, find a way that you can help in another way, because it's not just blood that people are needing. She mentioned it, and I'm a firm believer of this community. People just want to know they belong. And giving even just of your time, if you can't do blood donations or you're on a list of organ donating, because I know I am, do something that can make a difference in someone else's life. And with that said, let me give you that uh, website again to go out and see what is in your area for blood donations. It's vitalent.org. And the phone number again is 877-25-VITAL. Thank you for sharing your story. It was very emotional. I could see that and I could hear it in your voice. And um, with due respect, I understand it. Thank you for sharing your journey that you have um, started out at such a young age, but you have so much more in life too to look forward to. And again, like you said, those babies. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you everyone for listening and thank you for being here and, and hearing my story. It's remarkable. And you know, I love hearing stories of people's lives that they're not all going to uh, have a happy ending. But there, I said in the beginning, there's purpose found in someone else's tragedy. And I'm a walking testimony of my tragedy and how I'm moving forward with being able to not only remember my loved one, but also sharing stories such as yours and others who are making a difference in communities and showing that even though you have something different happen to you, you don't have to live differently, act differently, or be treated differently. Exactly. I completely agree. Thank you. Well, there's three things I know that none of us are exempt from. Pain, tragedy, or blessings. That's right. Right. Thank you again for being my guest today, April. I really, truly do appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And to my listeners, once again, an amazing story of someone who needed you and you came through on her end with her family. Again, if you want to go out and do a blood donation, go to vitalent.org or call 877-25-VITAL. If you have a story you want to share or you have an organization in your community that is making a difference, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.